they're also quite skeptical about the vaccine. So I volunteered as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> was a tough year for everyone. No matter what your status in life or location in the world is, each of us felt the impact of COVID-19 in our lives. The loss of lives, the disappointment due to change in plans and loss of livelihood is indeed a pain that is still lingering inside us. Although this battle is not yet over, in this episode, we, will, we would like to celebrate humanity's wins and honor our heroes. So today, I have the privilege to talk with Christian and Josephine. Both our guests today have very unique experiences with COVID-19. We have Christian, who is a nurse in Germany, and Josephine, his fiance, who has been a survivor of COVID-19. Hi, Christian and Josephine. Hello. Hi. Good hi. From Berlin. <laughs> hi. Hi. Hi from Australia. Hello, Berlin. <laughs> so first off, Christian, how is it being a nurse at the height of the pandemic? I work in a big um, medical hospital in Germany, and actually, I am a nurse anesthetist. Like I work in the OR, like operation room normally. But now that we, they need like a lot of nurses for the COVID ICU intensive care, we are now in a rotation. Because I have like ICU experience, like on the first wave last year, I was already in one of the intensive care unit, um, but there was no, there was no COVID patient. Um, it was like more of a training, like more of a reorientation because it's different here. I also want to know how it is. And now at the height of the um, pandemic, it's like we are now like they created a big building, like four stations in one building only for COVID ICU patients. And the ones working there are from different stations from um, the OR, from ICU and also doctors. There are doctors who are like working as assistants and yeah, but it's really a great atmosphere um and i like working there you know like but of course you have to make you have to do the uh, precautionary measures like you have to def do your like like to wear all the stuff to defend yourself to protect yourself from the virus and then yeah that's also one thing because it's not only about protecting yourself but also protecting your family your loved ones because like i said we're together and then she's working in a kindergarten, so she's um, taking care of kids. So that's why it was also one of the trials, um, because on the first wave, like I said, on this ICU, in this ICU unit, there was no COVID patients. And then it was not really, um, for me, it was not respectful the way they did it, because on one day, they just told me, okay, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, we'll be going to the COVID ICU. I was like, what? Like, they did not ask me personally. And then I, I don't know how to take care of COVID patients because there were no COVID patients there. So I declined. It was not that easy <laughs> to like say, okay, but it was also a difficult situation. But then I went back to war. Like in the second wave, 
They already told me, okay, they already asked me politely and then, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I think it's also my turn now to really take care of these COVID patients. And then, yes, and then it was not, I started December. I was supposed to start November last year, but then I was in quarantine because my girlfriend, like Josephine, my fiance, she got the virus mm, at her okay. work. At, at work, work at, at the kinder kindergarten. Yeah, the kindergarten. Oh, yeah. Actually, there there are more the the infectious ones, the uh, the children. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because one got positive. Uh, one parent was positive, and then there were like six of them, and this group, like six workers, um, kindergartners, and then five of them got sick. Like. And they have to close. Oh. Okay. And then she, she already got the virus. I was like, okay, I'm really, because for me, the thing was what got me like pissy in my mind is was like, I, I'm afraid to bring the virus in the house. You mm. know what I mean? Like, I'm afraid because I, I like, I will be bringing the virus. I know it's part of my work, but I also want to protect my loved ones. Like, I yeah. don't want to be because I have, for example, like I, we're talking about like if I should live in a hotel oh. or like somewhere, and then she told me no, it's not necessary, and then we should like stay together and stuff, and then yes, and yeah, and then I started officially in December, mm. and and once it's like there are like three levels of nurses there, like level one, two, and three. Level one is like. When you're only uh, you're like working like a OR, it's not they're not a nurse but a OR staff. Like you don't really know about nursing. It's different. Second level two is like oh, um, nurses without ICU experience, and the level three is like ICU nurses. Mm. And my experience um, in ICU was in the Philippines. It's quite different. So they wanted to uh, to give me like because the ratio is one is to four one nurse to four patients mm -hmm. like ICU patients it's not really like that easy like to have to take care of four patients at once mm. without knowing what she should do like I said I was not able to take care of um, COVID patients before so I told them like before I got transferred I got rotated I told them I um, I wanted to be reoriented like I want to have an orientation what they do and stuff and so that's what they gave me and then yeah after like i think three weeks from i was like between level two and level three after two weeks like they told me okay they asked me are you ready to be like doing uh, all that alone level to go to level three um level higher i was like okay yes i'm ready to do that because i already got some idea on what to do and then i should know because i'm not i'm taking care of lives yeah, if you yeah. don't know anything, if you don't know mm. what you're doing, like what are you doing? Like you're just risking people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Correct. That's why I was not. I was really. I wanted to learn as well. Yeah, like really part of part of the job to know what you are doing. Yes, exactly. And you know, all of us civilians, all of us non-medical people, know how much training it needs to be in your profession and nonetheless this pandemic has really highlighted the the importance of the work that you do so aside from the orientation that you did at work 
What other preparations personally did you do? Oh yeah, because uh, before I started that, I um, already have like a a workout, a job, and then I also have to prepare myself not only uh, physically but also emotionally and yeah, I, I, like uh, mentally as well. And part of it is for me, I was luckily I already started like a program because I wanted to like maintain a, a healthy lifestyle. So I jog like almost like three times a week and stuff and also to work out. It was really important for me. And then as well as doing a diet, like uh, making healthy uh, food and getting enough sleep. Yeah. Do you, do you get enough sleep though if you're a nurse? <laughs> getting enough sleep is sometimes one problem for me <laughs> because, <laughs> because sometimes I wake I, like I stay up late at night or I cannot sleep or something. But when I started doing sports, it was better for me because I was really tired and then okay and sleep. I was able I was able to sleep like longer and like um, yeah I wake up like okay more livelier like livelier before mm. yeah. and, and also going back to josephine's experience about her getting the virus so what what were the symptoms initially that uh you felt josephine i had um this cough you know the special dry covid uh covid cough and then um i started caught i think like on friday when i was finishing work we got a call the, uh, the father of one of our children got tested positive. So we were a bit like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then on Saturday, I already started coughing. And the question was like, um, why are you coughing all of a sudden? After the message, I was like, it's just heat because the air is so dry inside. So probably that's why I'm coughing. But then it got worse quite quickly. So on a Sunday, I already felt like um, pain in my limbs. I started having this cold shivers, but then all of a sudden I was really hot and I already had fever and uh, I had a lot of symptoms directly in the beginning. And then I just felt really bad, exhausted and tired. And then I think I slept through for one week. So Christian, when she caught the virus at that time, you weren't yet... You you weren't able to have that orientation yet. No, no, I was not. Mm. I was not yet assigned. And, um, I was supposed to start. I think a day like before we got the message that she had COVID. Mm. And because I told her, okay, you should be. You should because um, she told me about the story about the dad who who was positive. I was like, okay, you should be tested. So we got the test, like the, the results. I think you were supposed to start on Wednesday. I was supposed to start on Wednesday, yeah. and then we got the results on Tuesday. And then there's the rule that you should be in quarantine. Oh. So uh, I told them, okay, um, you should be in quarantine, so I will not be able to work. Um, the rule here is like starting, it's only 10 days, I think. Like starting like the symptoms, they counted like the start of the symptoms, then 10 days after that. But if you still have the symptoms, then you have to extend like two days. It was the doctor who told her about the results, but then they will be contacted by the, um, what's called this? 
Like, um, it's like the health relations um, officer or something like that, like in the city, like in the health office, yeah. the health office or something. It's not cities in the more hub like the neighborhood. So she got contacted and then told her, okay, you should stay at home for a couple of days, like 10 days exactly. And for me, because I didn't have any symptoms, it's, um, I think um, they told me maybe I should stay longer at home i should be quarantined longer because it could be that i will be developing symptoms after some time and then they will count the days afterwards like okay you should mm -hmm. be like still quarantine after 10 days yeah it's, yeah it's a quite complicated system so when you're when you're infected and you have symptoms they count the days from the beginning of your symptoms because then they can know when approximately you were incubated and how long you can affect other people as well mm. and then when you have longer symptoms you have to add two days to your quarantine but when you only had contact to a person but no symptoms then um, you have to stay 10 days from the last day of contact with the person yeah. with the positive person. and but then she had uh, she had like mild symptoms but then there were like i think there were typical symptoms from covid from what we um read about like and one thing she was not really able to taste and smell except like for tasting she can taste like spicy food i can write it yeah, I can feel it I can she can feel it, it. she can feel <laughs> spicy food you can just feel but you cannot really taste but other stuff she was not and she was really like and uh, to add to that she was about to take an exam her final exams because it's her last year of school and she's like oh my god so she had to calculate okay how many days should i stay at home because i had i need to take this exam it's really important because it's her final exam mm. uh, she, she doesn't want to postpone it because she, she wants to get her diploma on time as well so it was really quite a challenging situation for us like because okay i should because i was like maybe like if you don't have that and i have this then we should like also like quarantine ourselves from each other like in-house we should like and then we did that as well like um she was sleeping in the um, i was sleeping in the living room and she was sleeping on her, on her bed so we in did the, that in your couple. bed did you wear a mask inside the house christian and josephine yeah yeah oh. yeah oh. we were um, and then when we wanted to watch something like um we sat on the couch but it was a distance as well like one meter and, 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 five meters. and we had masks oh. because i don't want to uh, i want her like, to take the exam i don't want that she will be postponing it because um she got mm. reinfected um, by the virus so that's why i was also careful i was thinking okay this is uh, okay we should do this and then yeah that's why and then she got a good grade <laughs> oh. by congratulations the by the way <laughs> yeah, the problem was that in germany they run really short on tasks so they did a lot of testing but then the labs couldn't conquer all the tests and put out all results. So they kind of stopped giving out tests to everyone. Um, so only when you were, when you had COVID symptoms and you went um, to get tested, then the test was for free. 
and otherwise you had to pay 90 euros even when you had contact with a positive oh. person and even in our case direct contact so he would have had to pay 90 euros for the test no not really i don't not, not i don't have to pay because i'm at, at work but like in this case yeah if i was yeah. not working in a hospital i will i should pay but now i'm working in a hospital and then in this covid icu we are like weekly we have weekly tests like covid tests you know like we have the nasal swabs yes weekly, weekly covid tests the one in the nose the the one that i i feel like the your nose will be very much haggard in it but anyway it's quite necessary yeah nose and the throat yeah the swab the swab test we do that weekly and then um, we also have right now we also have like the, the package the like kit. this the test yeah. kits which you can bring at home the antigen test okay and then yes um we have we all have we have that at work so for me it's i'm quite confident because um i'm first i'm like protected and i also i also get tested yes and right now i had the uh, I see it, so yeah. Yeah, uh, that yeah. I, I yeah. saw you. I think that was your second dose that that I saw in Facebook, and I was very very interested to know. And of course, our listeners also would like to know your vaccination journey and how what kind of vaccine you got in Germany and all those preparation and or any side effects the vaccines in germany we got that from pfizer and biontech biontech is a company in germany they're also one of one of the one of the companies who um, got the vaccine first like they developed the vaccine and i think he's an immigrant as well yeah and yeah. it is Turkish. so going back to the vaccine i got my first dose on the first day of the new year so January 1st, 2021. Mm. But then I already um, got some idea about the vaccine because I was also skeptical because it was not really proven. It was not really, it was really fresh. But then um, they told us like 95% effectivity and stuff. And so and I got the opportunity because I was already like working in this COVID ICU. And then and I was like, okay, because I will not only want to protect myself, um, I'm facing mm -hmm. like COVID positive patients every time. And then I also want to protect my family. So, okay, I'm gonna do this. And then there are also a lot of friends, like family and friends, they also, they're also quite skeptical about the vaccine. So I like, well, I mean, I am like the, um, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> She was super skeptical and um, because of her age, uh, she was eligible to get the vaccine now in January. But she told me at first she didn't want to get it. But then Christian got his vaccine and he had reacted really well and told her all about it and kept her up. Yeah, and okay. Yeah, she was yeah. ready to get it. Well. So uh, going back to the vaccine, like um, the vaccine, the BioNTech and Pfizer vaccine has like 95% effectivity and it is made of mrna and there's no eggs so can you expound a little bit more on mrna for me and for our listeners it's like um a part of the of the virus because vaccines they work like this they will instill a, a tiny portion 
of the virus so that your body like will get to know the virus right and then they will develop okay how can i cope up with this virus because actually the people mm. these symptoms what we experience that's the reaction of our body of our immune system so if your body already knows this type of virus they will not overreact So what were some of your preparations before you undergone the vaccination process? Like I said, um, I also did research before I got myself vaccinated. One thing to prepare is like um, you're not allowed to drink alcohol like before and a couple days after. And I also did not um, do sports as well. Um, Actually, before you can do that, but I, for me, for myself, like I did not do a sport because maybe I will, for example, if you do workout and the next day you get vaccinated and then you have muscle pains, you will not know if it's from the workout or if it's from the vaccine. Yeah, totally agree. So it was good thinking. So that's why I did not do it. So I want to really differentiate um, the symptoms. So I really, I can really distinguish. Like I can really say, okay, it's from the vaccine, it's not from the workout. So that's why I um, intended not to do the workout. I did not drink alcohol. Yes. And then, yeah. So I got the vaccine on the first day of January. That was in 10 in the morning. Um, I still have to work. I had a day shift. One experience, I only had like soreness on my um, affected side. That was injected in my right arm. So it was kind of numb and sore, but then after a, few, a day, it was quite okay. And I was able to do sports again in two days. Uh, so it was, I did not really have uh, bad side effects. I have, by the way, I have like allergies. I. Oh, right. So for those people who have allergies, from your experience, what should they avoid or should they avoid this? I guess they need to ask their doctors. Oh yeah, you still have to consult your doctor. Now, like, okay, uh, actually this vaccine, um, it should be given to 16 years old and above, uh, not really to younger ones. And then, although it does not include like eggs or like, uh, seafood in the it's only like mRNA part of the if it is like uh, possible that you can take this vaccine and then on the day um, when I took the vaccine there's also a waiting area like you have to stay there for 15 minutes for monitoring if you have any side effects then there will be there you know what I mean like if you have within the time limit that you're giving I think within 45 minutes if you have really like fast allergic reaction to the vaccine i think you will not be allowed to take the second dose oh and for the second dose how long is the gap until you take the next one those 21 days after the first dose i think 21 days to 48 days after um i got that on the 22nd of january so it was exactly almost 21 days after so I got the vaccine, it was eight in the morning. It was fine, like, I was like, it's normal if you get a vaccine. Um, so the next day it was the same after 24 hours, but the t- after a couple of hours, like I think 35 hours also posted it on my Facebook. Like I felt like I was having, like I was having the flu-like symptoms, like runny nose, and then I think I will be having a fever and stuff. And then I was really tired. 
I was really uh, like the fatigue was there. Since you experienced some fatigue, did you have to take some medication to lessen the symptoms? Like some people already took paracetamol before to like to lessen the symptoms. I decided not to take the paracetamol so that I will know like the height. It's like assigning myself to be the laboratory rat. Yeah, <laughs> you're the guinea pig. My loved So I said, okay, I'll just leave and then tomorrow it'll be fine and stuff. And then, yeah, the next day I was feeling much better. Mm. And I was still like really tired, but it was better like than the night before. And I did not have fever. Ah, okay. <clears throat> because um, I know someone who got her, who got to her first dose. It was she had got chills and fever, but that's also actually if you got those symptoms like on the, the first dose, it's usually that you had the virus before, like already you already had the virus. Oh, yeah. Like it was a statement from a friend of mine. I don't know if it's accurate, but it is like uh, they said like if you got the first vaccine, the dose. And then you got the symptoms. It's, it's most probably that you had the virus before. So far, now I'm doing good. I am on my vacation leave, so I can't really relax and yeah, at home because we're not able to go outside that much because we're in lockdown. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Currently, right now? Yeah, we're in lockdown. Yeah, until the middle of February, February, like on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And then everyone will go out. Yeah, actually, we can, but the restaurants are closed. Yeah, we can still go out, but if you go buy food, they only for uh, takeout. And the malls are really closed and stuff, yeah. Mm, it's just like essential things that you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh. it's not really, compared to other countries, I think it's not that strict. It's not like in the Philippines that they really, really strict that you need a pass, yeah, like you need to get all these documents to be able to go out. No, yeah. it's different here because if you do that, what they did in the Philippines or what they're doing in the Philippines, like people here are going to rebel because they will say it's like dictatorship. So in Germany now, what is the priority in terms of receiving the vaccination? Prioritization, like they prioritize first, like the ones like on the first line, are the older people living in like like homes for ages? Uh, yeah, the elderly people. Then in the front line, like the ones taking care, like directly taking care of the ICU patient, like COVID patient. A couple percent of the population in Germany who still got who got the vaccine. It's not, it's not. I think it's lesser than ten percent. Oh. So and then actually there's a, a website where you can calculate. Or you can like uh, you will be able to know when you are able to get your first dose and your second dose. According to this scheme, if you're working like in this type of uh, job, then you're not really a priority. They prioritize like people who are like, for example, like cancer patients or really at risk. They are like one of the priorities of the vaccine. Mm. So for Josephine, since she's dealing with kids, the people in her profession, are they considered a priority in this vaccine? Not really, actually. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of feel very forgotten right now in the debate because in the media or officially they tell people that kindergartens or daycare centers are shut down, but we're actually not. So we have half of the children there in daycare right now. So we're still quite open and 
Um, then in Germany, they made different groups who get the vaccines first. And I know it's important and we don't have enough vaccines right now, but they put um, people working in daycare over small children right at the end of those groups that got the vaccines first. But now the recent numbers have shown that we have the most infections, even more than people working with elders. So we had many more risks that were completely forgotten or crossed out by the politics right now. So yeah, we're not in the best situation, but yeah, we have to deal with it. We have no option. Yeah, that's why that's also one thing I don't understand because five out of six were infected by the virus. And actually the children, the kids are the most infectious ones. They're really young, but they're, they're really infectious. <laughs> <laughs> and then despite of this, they were not tested. Like there was the government didn't have the initiative like to send some people to test. They have to go to their own doctors to get to get the test. I'm actually quite disappointed. They're like, they should belong to the community because they're, they're taking care of children. Yeah. And we all have symptoms as well. And of course, compared to people in, in the ICU, uh, we had mild symptoms, but when a colleague of mine isn't able to work since November because she had such bad uh, side effects from COVID and her heart, um, I don't know, there's something wrong with her heart now and that wasn't wrong before COVID. So we can actually say it's it's from having the COVID infection and now she isn't able to work. So when more and more kindergartners have COVID and have bad side effects of the disease and can't work because of that, because it's an exhausting job as well, then we have a lack of kindergartners in the end. And I think they don't realize that right now because they're like, oh, they're still quite young, so it can't be that bad. They don't have the places in the ICU, so we put them at the end, but they don't realize we have symptoms as well. And I still have side effects um, from my COVID infection, so I still have problems with breathing and I still have like some chest pains when I breathe. So I think they, they often forget that. Oh, that's very concerning to hear that. And it kind of hit differently when somebody I know or somebody I'm talking to have experienced COVID compared to just hearing it on the news. And it's good that you've shared this concern through this platform at, so that at least some people would know that people in your profession also would need to be included in the narrative in, in terms of the prioritization of the vaccine. And you mentioned about some lingering symptoms. How are you managing it right now? So I waited a bit, but then the breathing issues wouldn't go away. So I went to my doctor, but he just basically told me there are so many people right now that have side effects and breathing difficulties after COVID. And there is no medication for it. You just have to wait until your lungs kind of heal from it. So there's nothing we could do. I just, I shouldn't do sports. Um, I should rest more. And that's all he can say. So I, I asked him if I could do uh, jogging again or something. But he was like, oh, yeah, maybe for like five minutes in a slow tempo. I'm <laughs> jogging in a slow tempo. <laughs> 
Thank you, Christian and Josephine, for sharing your experiences with me and with our listeners. Indeed, it was very insightful and we've learned a lot. It's quite different hearing it personally or I'd say virtually. And I hope that you will be continuing your full recovery from COVID-19. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> uh, you. Now, Christian has shared to us his experience taking the vaccine in Germany. So how will it be in Australia? Australia has entered into four separate agreements for the supply of COVID-19 vaccines and once they are found to be effective so you could head on to the australian government website for the daily updates which is www.australia.gov.au and the information is changing daily so as of this recording the only vaccine approved is pfizer bio and tech vaccine which which was christian's vaccine as well back in germany and it will be expected to be available to phase 1a patients in mid to late february in hospitals so once the astrazeneca vaccine is made available after after a successful phase 3 testing this will be administered to phase 1b patients in march 2021 so the australian government will roll out five phases giving priority to those in higher risk groups so as i mentioned it was phase 1a these are the frontline healthcare workers aged care and disability care residents quarantine and border workers and phase 1b which will be the the recipient of the astrazeneca vaccine are the elderly adults aged 70 years and over other healthcare workers, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people over 55, younger adults with underlying medical conditions, including those with a disability, critical and high-risk workers, including defense, police, fire emergency services, and meat processing. Phase 2A are adults aged 50 to 69, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people 18 to 54, and other critical high-risk workers. Phase 2B uh, is the rest of the adult population, which is my, me, and, and a catch-up of any other Australian unvaccinated from the previous phases. And Phase 3 would be the under-18s if recommended. Now, due to the unique storage temperature requirements of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which is minus 70 degrees Celsius, and considering that Australia is very far away from Germany or wherever this will be originally formulated, it will only be primarily available in hospitals that can accurately store the vaccine in the phase one of the national rollout. But for the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is for the phase 1B recipients. Uh, this is developed by the University of Oxford and can be made locally in Melbourne. 
And then this is manufactured by biotechnology company CSL. Australia has secured 53.8 million doses of this vaccine. 3.8 million doses will be deliver, delivered to Australia in early 2021 and 50 million will be manufactured in Australia in monthly batches. CSL will manufacture these doses on behalf of AstraZeneca. For more updated information, please visit tga.gov.au and australia.gov.au So I hope our Zesties and Zestmates enjoyed this episode and learned at the same time from the experiences of Christian and Josephine. Stay tuned for the next episode as we get a bit more up close and personal with them.